He is one of the very few men in history that most people can recognize by one name, and no name can ever be as important. Everyone knows of Jesus Christ, but how much do we know Jesus Christ? Join us as we dive deeper into his life, his teachings, and most importantly, his love, and together we can grow closer and build a personal relationship with him. This is Light of the World in Focus. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Light of the World in Focus. I'm very excited to have you guys here today. I have a lot of fun stuff to cover. And so I apologize. I have not posted, I think, in a week and a half. Um, got got real busy here recently, but I'm repenting and I'm here now. So we will continue on. Um, I hope you all listened to last week's um podcast because we're going to be picking up right where we left off um, again we're talking about uh, parables so if you didn't if you didn't listen to the last one um, please please go back and listen to it um, and we will uh, then come back and, and listen to this one also so and right now just I think I did the same last time I love it if we all went and read it by ourselves and got interpretations. And then came and listened to this. So I'm not telling you exactly what what to believe, because the point of parables is to um, have have many different uh, principles taught in, in one story. And so we'll be sharing. I'll be sharing today just what I've learned, what Jesus, the Christ, points out um, by by James E. Talmage. And so, um, if you have not had the chance to read ahead, um, please do so. Um, just I'll let you know what what parables we'll be covering this week. We are um, covering a parable from Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. Um, then we're doing the parable of the mustard seed, which can be found in uh, Matthew 13, 31, 32, or Mark 4, um, right after the one I just mentioned, um, talking about the leaven. This is one in Matthew 17.20 or Luke 17.6, I think. No, no, no. Matthew 13.33, sorry. Uh, Disregard that that first one. Um, Then the hidden treasure, which is Matthew 13 as well. And we'll probably, and again, if we don't have time, we might not get to all these. And then we'll, we'll end off with um, the Pearl of Great Price, which is Matthew 13 as well. So most of these are Matthew 13. Honestly, you probably just read the whole chapter. Um, the first one we're going to talk about was actually just in Mark, though. So we'll we'll jump right into that one. So um, last week we covered the, the parable of the sower. Um, and then right after that, the parable of the tares. And so um, this one... Um, in, in Jesus the Christ, Jamie Talmadge calls it the seed growing secretly. Um, and, and Mark is the only one that covers this, this parable. Um, so you'll have to go to Mark chapter 4. And he does it immediately after, um, after the parable of the tares, the wheat and the tares, right? And so that, um, that's really cool insight, but first let, let's read it. So... Um, I'll just read through it. This is Christ speaking again. Um, it says, And he said, 
So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And so, um, we don't really have any record of the apostles. Like last time, they had asked uh, what these parables mean. We don't have any record if they did ask about this one. Um, and you can see it, it kind of follows the same, the same uh, idea as the last two um, of, the, of the wheat and the tares in the parable of the sower, where it talks about a seed and harvesting. Um, and so there's a lot, um, there's a lot to kind of go over this. And so, um, the the interpretation that I got from it, and it just so happens that uh, James E. Talmadge got it for, from it. So obviously he got it from me, not not me from him. Um, he says the sower in the story is the authorized preacher of the word of God. He implants the seed of the gospel into the hearts of men, not knowing what the issue shall be. Passing on to similar or ministry duties elsewhere. Um, and so, here's here's kind of what I, I got from this. Um, is that as we go throughout our lives, we're planting seeds wherever we go, right? Seeds of faith. Just whether someone actually asks us about the gospel, we just live an example and, and guide them to Christ. Um, we're, we're out planting seeds everywhere we go. Um and the thing about seeds is that is that they grow over time, and you know back in the day they didn't know, really know why it worked, right? Um, I mean, to me, right? You you put a little seed in the dirt and it seemed like you get a plant out of it. That sounds pretty cool, right? But we don't we don't necessarily know how, um, but but it does, and it's slow growing and slow coming. But as soon as the fruit is brought forth, then the harvest comes. Right, and so what does this mean for us? Well, for me, it means that we don't know exactly what the growing process is going to be for those who's in whose hearts we we plant the seed. Um, there's people that that come to Christ very quickly and very dramatically. Right, they have that one experience where they get called called to repentance or whatnot, and like like uh, Saul on the road to Damascus, right. Uh, Christ appears to him, and he's pretty uh, instantly converted. And there's other people that it takes years and years and years for them to come to the truth and listen to the light of the gospel. Um, and so I think what this parable is saying is we don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know how it happens, right? But as a, as immediately as that fruit comes and they, they show they're ready, we, we accept them into the into the gospel. We, we get them full fellowship. Not that we don't do that before, Right. We should always be nice to people and accept them and fellowship them, even if they're not um, believers or whatnot. Um, but we should not say this is this is what conversion looks like or this is how it's going to happen because we just don't know. And so this parable was probably directed to to the disciples rather than the multitude, um, or you know, to the apostles or the really close followers of Christ to show them the. Uh, the, the way that they should work and, and make them realize that maybe the seeds they sow, right, um, 
you're not going to reap them right away. And maybe you're not even the one to reap them, right? Um, maybe you, you plant the seed and you're straight away called to some other field for labor and you're not there for harvest, right? But the point is, is that uh, at the end of the day, we're all on the same team and you will get your reward for your, uh, for your work in that. All right, so moving on, we'll, we'll talk about the one that comes next and that is the parable of the mustard seed. And so I'll just jump right into it and we will uh, discuss afterwards. Another parable he put forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree. So the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And so uh, the, this parable was really directed at the people of the time um, because obviously that's who he was listening to, uh, talking to rather, um, and made to be very symbolic as, as parables are. So let's, let's dive a little bit into what, what made this parable so symbolic. So back in this time when they viewed the coming of the Messiah, they, they viewed it as a, a big, grand event. Basically, uh, Christ would be the, or the Messiah would be the, the knight in shining armor riding on the white horse to save them from their, from their oppressors and, and make, uh, make Israel king over the whole world or whatnot, whatever their views were. Um, but it was a very physical, big, flashy, flashy event, right? Um, kind of what we picture the, the second coming of Christ to be. Um, anyway, uh, we know that that's not what the coming of Christ was. And not that it wasn't grand and great and amazing, but it wasn't flashy. You know, it serves a different purpose than than saving us from the the temporary uh, the temporary um, binds we might have on earth, right? He he saved us for for all of eternity. Uh, that's for you know um, we talked about that a little bit. Um, but so he's trying to teach them and show them what the kingdom of heaven's going to be like. Where well, it's it's like a seed, you know. He he uh, uses that example a lot in the last couple parables. But just like we talked about, seeds don't grow quick, right? Um, especially, you know, trees. It's not you plant it the next day, boom, there's a tree there. No, it's different. Um, it's It takes longer. It starts from something very small and grows to something great. And we can see that Christianity has done that exact same thing, where it's small as a very, it started as a very small following, right? It was just Christ and his followers, Um but has now grown into what it is today of the millions and millions of followers. Um, I don't know how many Christians there are on the earth today, but there's quite a few. There's there's quite a few, and so uh, we can we can definitely see that uh, how it started something small and grew into something big, grew into something bigger, right? Um, and so I think that's pretty pretty easy to to see, right? And that last part um, says, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Um, you know, trees and birds get along pretty well. Um, birds, that's where they find peace. That's where they find rest. That's where they build their homes, right? Uh, for the most part. Um, 
and you can just think how many people have found safety and and warmth and protection in the branches of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? A lot. There's some people that bring so much comfort and and peace and hope to. It's it's amazing. And so we can definitely see the uh, the sim- similarities of this parable with the church as a whole, right? This is one of those where we can look back and see, well, that that came true, right? That that we can we can see that in the history books. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about what it means to us personally, right? What what does it mean? So we've talked about the parable meaning for for uh, a whole, right, of this church. But what does it mean? What does it mean for us? So I like to think think back to. Um, I like to think back to the beginning stages of me becoming a follower of Christ, a follower, follower of Christ. Um, and there's not really one big major event, right? I mean, for some there are, right? But for most of us, it starts somewhere really, really small. Um, it starts as just maybe a thought or a feeling, and it grows from there. Um, depending on how well we nourish it, it might grow faster than others. Um, but that faith, no matter how small it is at the start, it grows. And if we, if we let it grow and let it take up the nutrients, um, through, um, through learning more and absorbing knowledge, right? Um, then it can grow into something great and mighty. And then those birds that come to lodge in the branches thereof are those people that we're able to bless and those people we're able to help with our faith and our knowledge, the, the, the comfort and, and safety we can bring them. Um, and so what I really get from this is how can I really strengthen that tree? Because this parable teaches that that tree is not really just for you, right? You're there to help other people too. So so what can I do to make my street, my tree grow stronger and, and faster and bigger to help, to help other people? Um, and so I, I just thought it'd be cool if we could all just reflect on that. Like, what, what can we do? What are we doing um, to help with that? So um, we'll, we'll move on to the next one just because it's very, very similar to the mustard seed. Uh, I, I believe I, it follows right after. Um, yes, it does. In, in Matthew thirteen thirty three, we get the parable of the leaven. It says, and the leaven, I'm not saying 11 with like the number 11 with an accent. It's leaven is in a, you know, yeast, what what's used to make dough rise and whatnot. So I'll just read the parable and we'll dive into it. Um, another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Um, there's very there's a lot of similarities in this parable with the last one, um, and where uh, the mustard seed and the leaven are, I think compared to the gospel, um, but there's one point of contrast that I wanted to point out. I'm sure there's many others, um, where the mustard tree, right, it grows and people come to it to be nourished and strengthened, 
right? To, to find rest, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeast kind of does the opposite. Yeast is more proactive in what it does and where it grows and it spreads throughout the dough, causing it to rise. So therefore, instead of let the mustard tree, things coming to it, right? The yeast goes and strengthens throughout. Um, and I think that this has to do with, uh, um, with both the church at large and us too. Um, the church performs this, uh, the role, or the gospel, I should say. The gospel of Jesus Christ performs both these roles. It, it's a place for people to come, but it's also very proactive in going and seeking those that need help, right? Um, and I, I kind of see it as the charge that Christ gave to go, to go minister, to go help other people, right? Of, of all the Christian missionaries going you know, around the world and, and spreading Christianity. It wasn't just, hey, come to Jerusalem to learn about Christianity. It's like, no, we'll even come to you, right? Um, that's kind of what I do as, as a missionary. Um, and I do it to, why? To help other people, to help lift them up, to raise them up. You know, like yeast helps things rise, right? Um, it's, it's the same thing, right? The church has, has the duty to let have safety and protection for those coming to it, but also going out helping and seeking for those that need help as well. And then for us in our personal lives, I think it's the same uh, kind of concept where where we can grow that tree and, other, and we should be willing to help other people that come to us. We should also be willing to help other people as well. We should be seeking for those opportunities, right? And also as as that that yeast or the faith grows, it'll envelop more of our of our lives and uh, envelop more of what we do. Is, um, as we com- come converted to Christ, it should seep into every aspect of our lives. Um, and I think that uh, um, that's just a natural side effect of, of one, you know, the physical term yeast, right, going throughout the bread. But two, just this more spiritual term is as we become converted to Christ, right, it just naturally will become a part of the way we, we think and act. So moving along, um, so these next two parables, I'm just going to read both of them and talk about them um, at the same time, just for uh, one time's sake and two, uh, they're very, very, very similar, and uh, we might um, we might be a little bit short of the 30-minute uh, mark. I have not prepared anything past this today, so I apologize, but you're just getting out of class early. So I'm just going to read both of these. Uh, back to back, and then we will we will discuss them. Or rather, I will just tell you what I think about them, and you can't say anything because you're just listening to this way after I've already produced it. So, <laughs> um, the first one, uh, James Calvin calls the hidden treasure. Um, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, he hideth. And for joy, therefore, goeth and selleth all he has, and buyeth the field, that field. Um, and the next one, uh, the pearl array price. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking goodly per- pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So, 
Um, these parables are pretty straightforward, um, but I, I really like some things that if you if you read into it, um, if you read into it, uh, you you can learn some cool things. So, of course, what's talking about in both these parables is that that treasure or or the pearls, right? That is that is coming across the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Something that's worth worth a lot, right? And straight away. They they go and um, get the money required to to obtain those right, just as just as when we uh, uh, find something good we want it right then right right there because we see the straight benefit, um and for for the uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ that's how it should be right we should be able to to immediately pursue that once we find it and realize how good it is right when we understand the worth of it. Um, I would like to think um, in the in the uh, both these stories in the treasure and the pearl. I say the treasure, for example, when he's out in the field and he comes across it, he probably didn't know what it was exactly, right? Maybe he saw it from afar off, or maybe he was digging and he hit something. It's like, oh, is this wood? Is it a stone? Um, and upon further investigation, maybe it's in a box, right? He doesn't know what's in the box, right? But then opens the box and finds out what it is after some investigation, right? Or the pearl, right? He, I'm sure he's seen many pearls before. Um, and he finds the one. And he's like, that, like maybe at the beginning, oh, that looks really, really good. And he goes and inspects it because he wants to make sure that it lives up to the hype. And, and sure enough, it does, right? The point I'm getting at is a lot of times people don't necessarily recognize the value that the, the gospel might have. Maybe not right away anyway. They, they're curious though. They find something they need to investigate. You know, what if, what if the guy seeking the treasure, he saw the, saw the box, whatever, and didn't think anything of it and just kept walking by, right? Um, th these things take time, right? And so one, we shouldn't be discouraged if there's someone who's learning about the gospel. They don't immediately recognize the, the, um, value of the gospel but soon he will soon he they will um it just takes a little investigation that you know get that curiosity going um another thing that i really really like is uh um both of these parables it says immediately after they realized what they had the treasure and the pearl it says they sell, they sell all that they have, right? Everything to get that. And that's a very pr true principle. Um, we, we trade up what we have that's good for something even better, right? And that the price for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ was everything. Um, you know, we, you can't... You can't fully accept and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and still believe or practice or do things that do not fall in line with it, right? You have to be truly converted and truly follow it. You can't, you can't have, you know, uh, one foot in the gospel and one foot in the world, right? Or, or whatever it may be. Just like I'm sure this, this merchant, he had other good, good pearls. Um, it says he was seeking goodly pearls, right? I'm sure he had a couple of them. But as soon as he finds the one, he goes and trades in all the pros he has because he understands the importance of, of this 
of this uh, one parole that he found. And so it's the same way. We, we have to give up things that don't fall in line um, and fully commit to when we find what, what has that value. Um, another thing that, that stood out to me was, uh, um, shoot, it was right on the tip of my tongue. What was it? Oh, is the fact that those other pearls that he had weren't worthless per se. Um, they still had value, right? They didn't have as much value as that of before. And the thing that stood out to me from that is that truth is truth, right? No matter where it comes from. Um, that there's other teachings, other beliefs out there that no, they don't have the full truth like the gospel of Jesus Christ does, but they still teach good principles, right? And so one, as believers ourselves, we shouldn't judge um, others as being completely wrong. They still have good principles, right? They still have good beliefs and um, you know, they still have value but again, when we find what has the most value, we should be we should trade everything for what for what we have. And so, those are some of the things they have in common. But there's there's two there's one major difference between these two parables of of the treasure and the and the pearl of great price. Um, and I think that maybe this is why Christ said the two different parables, even though they sounded very similar, is that. In, in the Pearl of Great Price, the merchant, he is seeking for it, right? He's looking. He knows what he wants, right? But he doesn't know where it is, so that's what he's looking for. it. Um, and once he recognizes it, he's like, that's what I need, and he gets it, right? He was actively engaged. He was actively seeking. Where the man that finds the, the treasure, um, it, it seems more like an accident, that like he stumbles upon it, Um that it just kind of came new into his into his way, um, just completely by by chance or no no doing of his own. And it's the same with us in life, right? Or just anyone trying to come unto unto Christ. There's people out there that are searching. They they know that their life is missing something. They they know that they they didn't come closer. They just don't know what it is, right? They don't know that that. Um, Christ is what has all the answers. And there's other people that don't even know what they're missing. They don't know what's out there. They're, they're just living their lives, and just one day they come across it, right? Realize that the requirements were still the same, that they both had to sell all that they had. It's just the way that it started was different. Um, again, going back to we don't know the whole story behind these, but I'm sure that the... That the uh, the pearl merchant, right? It didn't take him very long to investigate the uh, um, the pearl to realize what it was. Where the treasure finder might have had a dig, he might have had to break open a locked box. We don't know. Um, but again, realizing that we don't know, kind of going back to the one of the pairs before, we don't know exactly what the process is going to look like. We don't know exactly uh, how it's going to be for these people coming to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven. And so that we need to be patient, just help them along their way. And um, just see what we can do. Again, going back to bring all these parables together, right? That we need to be that tree that people can, can find refuge in. Um, going out and helping other people like, like the yeast and then just realizing the, the different ways.
that people can find that gospel and seeing um, the different ways that we can help in the different situations. But that'll finish us up for, for the day. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, next next week we'll um, continue on. We are on page 294 of Jesus the Christ. So if you haven't been following along, please do. Um, that way you can call me out if I'm teaching anything wrong. So uh, please feel free to do that. And again, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Light of the World in Focus. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day.